Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Daydon Tolbert Show. I am your host, Daydon Tolbert. This is Keeping It Real Fridays, and um, it's been a few weeks since I was last live, and I uh, wanted to come back today to do a little, a few things, actually. Uh, talk a little bit about the election coming up next week, which everyone is, you know, uh, seemingly so excited about, which, you know, I'll go into a little bit more detail about what that means. Uh, but I want to talk about that. I want to talk about this this quote-unquote Halloween, uh, you know, holiday that everyone is has been uh, so excited about uh, this past week. <clears throat> I want to do a little bit of Ask Data on Advice Hour where, uh, you know, we've been having a lot of really good conversations over in the Friends of the Data on Tolbert Show group. So I want to talk a little bit about that. And, um, you know, just a lot of stuff, man, a lot of, a lot of topics, a lot of what's going on in the world uh, topics to uh, discuss. I want to do some uh, – some entertainment news today. Um, but, yeah, you know, like I said, with this election, though, I, I really want to, as I said on the advertisement, I want to uh, spend a little bit of time giving you, like, a little bit of a preview, um, uh, you know, a kind of what to look for uh, on Tuesday, what not to look for, you know, and just some additional information, additional perspectives that you can maybe consider prior to casting your vote. And I, and I don't just call it casting your vote. You know what I mean? I actually call it uh, personally endorsing a candidate. You understand what I'm saying? Like, and I'll go into detail about that a little bit later, but that's what you're doing. You're not just voting. You know, when you, when you press that button, when you write in that name, whatever you do, you are saying me as a person, as a Christian, as a, you know, whatever, however you classify yourself, everything that you stand for, you are personally endorsing uh, that person. And so that's why it, it kind of amazes me when I hear people say things like, well, you know, I'm going to vote for the lesser of two evils. What do you mean? So you're going to personally endorse you know, someone who you classify to be, uh, to be evil. You know, in, in fact, uh, speaking of which, this is actually a good segue because I want into, you know, what I want to say about Halloween. You know, everyone's talking about Halloween, right? Everyone's, you know, dressing their kids up. They're taking their kids out trick-or-treating and, and things like that, but a lot of people don't understand what Halloween is. It's an evil celebration. It's a celebration of evil. It's a celebration of the dead. It's a celebration of the spirits, honoring the spirits. It's, you know, in fact, I said on Facebook, it's, and this was just like a brief uh, synopsis of what it is, but I said it's a, it's a, a century-old celebration of the dead, the dead, demons, and other forms of the occult. I said that there's no reason whatsoever for believers in Jesus Christ to be participating in it and certainly not celebrating it. I mean, think about it, guys. What do you see? You see people dressing up as ghouls and goblins and monsters and vampires. And I mean, it's not like, you know, I'm going to be the tooth fairy. No, like the whole thing is around evil. That's why you see these jack-o'-lanterns, you know, the carved into uh you know what I'm saying? Evil faces. It's not smiley faces. They're evil faces. Everything is dark. Why do you think you go out at nighttime and not, oh, let's go trick-or-treat during the day? No, it's, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's like the dead, the day of the dead, the night of the dead. You know what I mean? You're celebrating zombies. You know, this country, this society, it puts so much emphasis on, on the dead. You ever notice that? You know, zombies, what's the, one of the most popular shows everyone's talking about right now? You know, uh, you know, The Walking Dead, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Everyone loves it. You know, it's like a, this, this cult favorite, you know what I'm saying? But it's a celebration of the dead, of demons. 
demonic spirits. You know what I'm saying? And we as believers, I mean, contrary to what society says, you know, we're not supposed to celebrate that stuff. I mean, think about it. You're celebrating evil. You celebrate evil on Halloween and then go to church to praise God on Sunday morning. That makes no sense whatsoever. You know what I'm saying? One of the, I found a few scriptures that actually pertain specifically to Halloween. It says you cannot drink of the cup of the Lord and of the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the table of the Lord and of the table of demons. And that's 1 Corinthians 10.21. The Bible also says to take no part unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. That's Ephesians 5.11. Take no part. I mean, I'm just like asking, like, if that's what the Bible says, to take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness. Halloween is a celebration of darkness and demonic spirits. And you know what I'm saying? So, but it says to, but instead expose them. But if it says to take no part, why is everyone taking part in, in a celebration of evil? Why are people going to the polls on Tuesday to vote and personally endorse the lesser of two evils? It says right here. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, otherwise known as evil. So we really have to be aware of what we are celebrating. We have to be aware of who we are endorsing. You know, don't call it voting. You're endorsing someone. You are celebrating that person. You are saying, I support this person. I support evil. If Hillary Clinton is the quote-unquote lesser of two evils, which I do not believe, but if she is the lesser of two evils, that's still a part of evil, okay? And you don't have to take part in unfruitful works of darkness or of, of evil, you know? And, you know, I look around, too, and it's amazing. It's, and it's funny, you, not just on social media, but, like, when you turn on the TV, you turn around, the, these celebrities, these, the media has these informants, these paid informants that are specifically put in place to brainwash you I'm, I'm watching TV. What day was Halloween? What was that, like Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday, whatever day it was? Like like last Sunday or Monday, and they're promoting, they're promoting Halloween on the Today Show like a week in advance. They're like, oh, set your DVRs for Halloween or the celebration of Halloween on the Today Show. I'm like, what the heck? Like since when does the Today Show start doing promos? like primetime promos for the today. It's just the Today Show. Like they're making this a whole celebration. Now, mark your calendars. See, mark, you know, see if they do that type of ridiculous stuff for Easter. See if they do that type of stuff. Oh, mark your calendars for the celebration of Easter. You know what I'm saying? I doubt they're going to do that for the Today Show or anywhere. Oh, yeah, Christmas is kind of like, you know what I'm saying? It's, oh, no, that's, we got to be hands off on it. We want to be uh, uh, tolerant of other you know, re- religions and, and faiths and beliefs. And, you know, it's ridiculous. But Halloween, oh, let's all get bond together and celebrate Halloween. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. And then you hear people say, I mean, like people in sc- like schools, schools are adopting this stuff into their, their, their actual day and their curriculum, their activities for the day, preschools and elementary schools and even high schools. Oh, everyone can. You're gonna. We're gonna go on a parade. We're gonna dress up in costumes and uh, and go trick or treating to the businesses, you know, around the area. It's like, well, like for what? I thought we were supposed to have separation of church and state, right? 
Everyone said, let's have a separation of church and state. Let's not incorporate the church into schools. So that's why you can't have prayer in schools. You can't have Bibles in schools. They're taking anything, you know, any type of religion out of schools. I said, well, fine. That's interesting. Well, but a lot of people don't realize it. Well, they know, but a lot of we don't know. A lot of people, our people, Christians don't know, but Halloween originated in the church, right? Oh, no, no, not the, not the Christian church, but the church of Satan. You <laughs> see, you guys don't understand it. See, that's an actual organization. That's an actual church, the church of Satan. You understand that? Google that stuff. Look it up. Look up the church of Satan. It's an actual thing. Just like there's a Catholic church and, you know what I'm saying, non-denominational church, Baptist church, whatever, there's an actual church of Satan. So why are we incorporating the church of Satan into the schools if we're supposed to have separation of church and state? Right? I mean, this is, I'm not saying anything that's incorrect. It doesn't make sense. Well, it, it makes perfect sense if you understand what their agenda is. You know what I'm saying? Let you say anything about let's pray. You know, let's, let's, let's all you know, celebrate Jesus Christ's birthday or whatever it is. Oh, no, that's a problem. They look at you like you're crazy. You have nothing to go, seriously, just go ask someone, can you pray for them? You know what I'm saying? Go ask a total stranger, is it okay if I pray for you right now? Hey, Hey, where do you, let me ask you a question. Where do you worship? Hey, uh, when's the last time you took communion? Or, uh, hey, what's, what's your prayer life like? They look at you like you're crazy. Just try anybody. It doesn't matter if you're friends, family. You ask anybody that question, they're going to look at you like you're crazy. But Halloween comes around. Hey, what are you being for Halloween? Oh, they get so excited. They get so excited to tell you what they were for Halloween. Right? Nobody looks at you like you're crazy. And watch this. And next year, it's over now, but next year, you know what I'm saying? Ask somebody, you know, or let someone ask you, hey, what are you doing for Halloween? And you say, well, no, I don't, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, so I don't celebrate evil. Don't look at you like you're crazy. Right? I mean, it's cra- it's, it, that's crazy. They will look at you like you're crazy. How about this? Christians will look at you like you're crazy. Tell them you don't celebrate evil on Halloween. If that's not the craziest thing in the world. You know, and so, you know, I just want to tell parents, you know, you do what you do, you know what I'm saying? But at some point, we have to start being consistent. You know, I know parents who have raised their children in the church, you know, they go to church, they they call themselves Christians, believers, and they pray before they eat, all this stuff. But at the same time, these kids watch everything. They watch and watch and watch. And at some point, they're going to put two and two together and, you know, start asking, like, well, hold on. If, if this is God and this is Jesus and Jesus Christ is good, what exactly is Halloween? Like, why are we, like, maybe not now. Maybe if they're young, they're not, you know, not now. My daughter's only five. You know what I'm saying? They're not putting it together on that level just yet. But at some point, they're going to start asking these questions. And we as parents have to be consistent and responsible, you know, in, in how we guide them and how we, we, we raise them. So just wanted to talk about that for a minute because it just, it just irks my soul. And if you guys missed uh, last year, maybe I did a special last year. But I do it every year I do an anti-Halloween special. You know, uh, you know, me and Oshel, we did it, you know, Minister Oshel High did a crazy, crazy show a few years ago actually now um, where we just talked about, exa- we went into great detail about what Halloween is, you know, what it represents, what, you know, how, what its origin is you know, um, and, and how, you know, just other things too, like other things of the, of, that deal with spirits and the universe and all that other stuff that the, the, the world tries to shove down our throats, 
you know, yoga and, you know, uh, Ouija boards and, um, you know, astrology, all that type of stuff. So check that out. All, all shows are available. If you guys are newer listeners, all shows are available for a free download on iTunes as well as DadonTolbertShow.com. So if I'm ever live during the day, which I've been doing uh, a lot lately, you know, you can, um, you know, go back and listen in at nighttime or whenever on uh, iTunes or on uh, DadonTolbertShow.com. Um, you know, it's real quick, also with Halloween, too, just aside from the, 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 the demonic, you know, nature of it, you know, aside from that, but, you know, I have a real issue with I was out on Halloween. You know, and, you know, I don't go out. These kids dressed up as monsters, ghouls, and goblins, and um, just crazy stuff. You know, I'm not going out without, you know, a little something on my hip because people out here are crazy, you know what I'm saying, like that. But at the same time, question is, where are the parents? You know what I'm saying? Where are the parents? Where are the parents who, you know, who, even back in the day when, when kids did, you know, when they did go out, Halloween, you know, trick-or-treating and stuff like that, the parents were with them. It's like, okay, I'm going to walk you up the street. I'm going to walk you up the block. Okay, whatever. We'll get some candy. Go back in the crib. Okay, that's cool. Whatever. But, you know what I'm saying? Now you just see kids roaming around. And one of the things I said online, I said that it's extremely irresponsible. You know, I said shame on the parents who are allowing these kids to just roam around freely, you know, with no accountability whatsoever, um, committing crimes, or, you know, many of them are committing crimes, be clear about that, but just being out, you're not, as a kid, you're not supposed to just be out. What happened to being in the house when the lights came on? You know what I mean? I was, I never, and I can't even imagine this girl, like, imagine what roaming freely around. Like, oh, yeah, we're just going to be out. We'll be back. All right, mom, dad, see, see you later. We're just, you know, I'm just going to roam around the city. I'm just going to walk around my neighborhood. I'm not knocking people who do, but it's just like, what kind of parent does that? Now, if you live out in the suburbs, okay, I can see it. But especially if you live, like, in the city, you know, you're just allowing your kids to walk around. You don't even know where they are. Like, when I was growing up, my parents, I can honestly say, I'm not just saying this, I can honestly say my parents always knew where I was. You know what I mean? It's like either I was at school or I was at track practice, baseball practice, tennis practice, whatever sport it was. I was at practice. After practice, I would come straight home. I would eat dinner. I would do homework, and then I would maybe play. If I if I played outside, it was just like, you know, on that block, right? And and, and now, you know, you just see people all over. And I think what we've got to do is we really have to get to a point where these kids have some have some accountability, you know, and the parents have some responsibility or take responsibility for these kids. All right, guys, what else is going on out here in the world? So I just had to get that off my chest, you know what I mean? I've been waiting a few weeks to, to talk about Halloween. In fact, I wait all year to talk about Halloween because it's just, yeah, it, it just amazes me how excited people get. And it's not even the fact that people get excited about it, but it's more so the fact that how unexcited people get year-round about church and about God and about Jesus Christ. You know, you don't see the, the, the Bible verses like you used to. You don't see, you know, testimonies on your timeline like you used to. You know, even on Sunday mornings, you're not seeing people checking in at church like you used to. Or, you know what I mean, or things like that. 
you don't see that. But yet, you know, whether whether it's voting or Halloween or any other this any anything else that's going on, it's like people they get so excited. What else? What else is going on around the world? I'm gonna talk a little politics in a little bit, but uh, there's a few things going on around the world now. It was a few weeks ago when I was last live. I think it was two Fridays ago. Okay, and I made a prediction. You guys remember, I did the last couple shows I did. I did a whole Birth of a Nation special where I talked, you know, prior to viewing it, and then I actually saw it that weekend. I came back and I did another show discussing how great of a film it was and just how how, how disappointed I was that um, more and more people did not support that film, and. One of the things that I, I really appreciated about uh, the film was that it was honest. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't afraid to take chances. It wasn't afraid to show certain things. And I feel like for a film to be that honest and that accurate about our history, I took it as a personal insult that more of us didn't go to, you know, go to see it. And so when I think about the thing, and I told you guys then, I told you, before I saw, and I tell you guys this every year, actually, I've been doing this for 10 years, you know, every year a film comes like, like this comes out, I talk about the fact that we don't support. You know, and I told you guys two weeks ago that Medea, before it even came out, you guys remember this, Google, you know, go back to the archives. You know, if you don't believe me, I said Birth of a Nation, and I said this before I even saw Birth of a Nation, before it even came out. I said, Birth of a Nation is is going to not do six, do well uh, financially. I told you that. I said it's going to do less than ten million. I told you that before it even came out. What did it do? It did about seven million opening weekend, which is horrible. You know what I mean? That's just ridiculous. I told you guys that, and I told you two weeks prior that when Medea came out, Medea was going to do what Medea does. It always opens to. Anywhere between 25 and on the low end, 25 to 40 million opening weekend. I told you that's exactly what it was going to do. And ding, 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 surprise. <laughs> that's what happened. Birth of a Nation, quote unquote, flopped. And Medea, boo, a Medea Halloween, you know, went on and did, you know, 30 million opening weekend. And, and I guess what I'm, my question is, what what is wrong with people? Like seriously, just seriously, what is wrong with not even people? What is wrong with black people? You know what is wrong with black people? I mean, we have the audacity to cry and cry and cry about Black Lives Matter and how important Black lives are and how much of a change we want and how sick of things how things that we are. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like. You're sick of you're sick of things, but when you have an opportunity to actually make a difference in things that matter, we, we don't do it. We want everyone saw when outside on my lawn. There's this freaking vote sign, big old vote sign. I'm like, yo, what the heck is this? I just put a big old vote sign, like yo, vote, and they're like all over the neighborhood. I'm like, yo, get this out of here. Stop this hypocrisy. Everyone wants to act like voting is so important all of a sudden because it's a presidential election. You don't see people getting so excited about these these uh, midterm elections and, you know, the, the the smaller local level elections. 
where where voting in the black community is absolutely abysmal. But those are the ironically, those are the places where you can actually see mo- more of a change, more of a difference. Your vote actually matters on the local level. They actually count those votes. And the way I know that is because my father has worked the polls for as long as I've been alive. So I know your your, your vote matters on the local level. People just don't understand that the votes on the national level are really irrelevant, guys. I mean, I really hate to say it like that, but they don't matter. You understand that? I mean, the Electoral College, you know, elects presidents, and and the people, there are certain people in place that 100% control the Electoral College. That's how, so that, I mean, you pressing a vote, a lever, you know, it, it doesn't matter. I hate to say, I know that's not politically correct, but it does not matter. And I'm not going to go along with the narrative that everyone else is pushing. Oh, my gosh, go vote, go vote, go vote, go vote, go vote. You know what I'm saying? It's just stop it. Just anyone who knows how this world works, anyone who knows how politics truly works, understands. Yes, vote on the local level. Vote for your local you know, city councilman, your local senator, whatever's going on around you. But all this, I mean, I mean, I'm not telling you don't, not to vote on the, on the national level. I'm not telling you not to vote. I'm saying you can vote if you want to, but it doesn't matter if you vote. It's going to be what it's going to be. You understand that? And that's, I, you know, that is what it is. And, you know, I'm sure people who are less informed, who don't understand how politics even works, will try to say otherwise. But, you know, do some research on, you know, how voting works, you know, and you'll see. You know, and what I'm saying is when it comes to voting, you know what I'm saying, let your voice be heard. You know what I'm saying? That's fine. You want to vote, that's cool. But don't let that be the sole way that you that you try to make a difference around you. You understand that? You can be a mentor. You can go outside and, and, and raise awareness. You can get on Facebook. You can get on social media and, 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 and reach thousands of people with the click of a button. You know, if you know about things that matter, you know, and so which is much, much, much more important than voting than you know one vote for one person. Don't let voting be your only thing. I mean, and, and aside from that, I got so much to say about this stuff. I mean, aside from the voting uh, hypocrisy um, that we're seeing out here, a lot of people are like, "Oh yeah, I'm a Christian. I'm this and that." But the reality of being a Christian is, is following the teachings of Christ. And so if you look at what did Jesus Christ do, his whole thing was to try to bring people to the church, bring people to God, actually, I should say. And so if that's what he's doing, you know, ministering people, healing people, teaching people, feeding people, that's what a real Christian is about. But you don't even see people doing that. You don't even see Christians doing that. They go to church, get their word, get their blessing, and keep it moving. You know, if they're so hype about voting, how you hype about voting when you don't even – try to bring anybody to church, when you don't even try to be a blessing to anybody else, and you want to try to tell me how important it is to vote, what the heck? What the heck is a vote when there are people out here starving, when there are people out here, you know, on their way to hell? You understand? We got to really focus on things that, that really have value in, in people's lives. I mean, vote, I mean, see, you don't understand, the political process is, is, a, is a scam. It's rigged. I mean, how many more politicians have to tell you that the political system is rigged and it's not even real before you understand it. I mean, you know, Bernie Sanders has told you this is a rigged system designed and controlled by the billionaires. 
I've been telling you that for years. The billionaires decide who's president, not you. Bernie Sanders told you all that. And if you look, I mean, if you look at WikiLeaks, you he was supposed to be the nominee. He wasn't even supposed, not even supposed to be Hillary Clinton. And I, I mean, no disrespect to anybody, but some people are just stupid. They just don't. They're not even like WikiLeaks is out there. Like they're showing you, like yo, go go open your email, and let your boyfriend and your girlfriend, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, read your emails. And, you know what I mean? And let's see how seriously you take that. I'm pretty sure you don't want to leave your emails open for the world to see. Why? Because I'm pretty sure there's some stuff in there that you don't want anybody else to see. There's stuff that tells how you really think. There's stuff that tells how you really feel. So you're going to be very private about those emails. And guess what? If you find out that your emails got hacked, you're probably going to change your password. You know how Facebook got the weirdos hacking in the sites or whatever, so you change your password? You know what I'm saying? Well, that's what happened with Hillary Clinton. So those are her actual emails. This whole prize, and, the, and what I'm saying is the emails are showing you who she really is. People look at the emails as like as being some generic thing. It's like, oh, the email. No, it's not the emails. It's like, no, what did that email say? What was this conversation about? Let's actually see what because I bet you if your boyfriend did, if your husband did that, you wouldn't just say, oh, yeah, he left his email. No, you'd be like, hmm, what was this message to this person about? Let me, let me actually read what this is actually saying. What was y'all talking about? But, see, that, and that's what you would do. That's what I would do. But the problem with it is that's not what people are doing with Hillary Clinton. I'm so sick of it. You know, they see these emails. It's like nobody even bothers to click on it. Like if you see an email from your man and he's like, hey, boo, that's the subject. Hey, sex, your last night was great. You're not just going to be like, oh, yeah, they, oh, whatever, that was just an email. No, you're going to click on that email and see what that conversation was about. So why are people not more excited and more passionate, especially if you're voting for Hillary Clinton? Why do you not care what that actual email was about? I haven't heard anyone even talking about the contents of these emails. There's actual corruption in these emails. There's criminal activity in these emails that the media is doing excellent job of, of sweeping under the rug, an excellent job. They are excellent at what they do. They are making it so that people don't even care. They're not focusing. They, this election could be over tomorrow if they actually opened up, you know, which one, thousands and thousands of emails, thousands of them of, that are filled with corruption and crimes and, and it's talk of rigging elections and cheating all types of scandals, countless uh, that I, I've actually read many of them. I don't even have time to get into all of them, but I've read. But they're available for you to read. I'm just like, yo, why do people not care about this stuff? So that's all I'm saying, guys. If Black Lives Matter, if voting matters, well, cool. Let's actually go support these films. You know, let's actually go ahead and make a difference in our communities. You know, in fact, everyone's talking about Little Wayne. You know what I mean? I want to talk about Lil Wayne. I mean, here's the thing. I mean, I could, I could jump on the bandwagon. I could jump on the bandwagon of you know, oh let's, you know, let's bash Lil Wayne. You know, Lil Wayne is a bastard. You know, uh, you know he he's he's a coon. He's a Uncle Tom, right? Well, here's the thing with that. Lil Wayne is expressing his opinion. Okay. 
And one of the things that I said on Facebook was that we have to get out of the habit of imposing our will and our opinions on other people. You know, it's like, you know, I'll read what I put on Facebook. I said, maybe I'm just a different type of person. I said, but I really don't care who anyone is voting for. I said, that's your personal business. I said, if anything, I'm going to be more concerned with whether or not you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I said, if you want to vote for Donald Trump, that's fine. If you want to vote for Hillary Clinton, that's fine too. I said, if you choose not to vote at all, guess what? That's your right as well. I said, but one of the major reasons people are so passionate about who's leading this country is because they've lost faith in Jesus Christ to lead their life. I said, let's stop judging others and their voting preferences and start focusing on things that actually matter in our own lives. And one of the the things, the issues that I have with people judging little Wayne, so I'm going to talk about the voting, but, you know, the little Wayne thing, he said he doesn't identify with Glass Matter. You know, and that's his right. I don't like how he said it. I don't, you know, he said some other things. I mean, he's an idiot. Don't get me wrong. I'm not a Little Wayne fan. But my problem is the hypocrisy. Little Wayne degrades women. You know, he says, uh, beautiful black woman, I bet that bitch looked better red, like meaning red bone, like a light-skinned woman or a white woman. That He says things like that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That nobody cares about. You know, nobody cares about, de- you know, degrading black women or just women in general. But they have a problem with Donald Trump saying he wants to grab women by the, you know what I'm saying? And so that's a, that's a one piece of hypocrisy that I have a major problem with. You know, it's just like, hold on, you love Jay-Z. You love Rick Ross. You love, you know, Beyonce who prances around butt naked. But you want to criticize Lil Wayne? You know, I'm like, what the heck? All he's saying in this instance is that he doesn't support Black Lives Matter. Well, guess what? I don't support Black Lives Matter either. You know, and if you guys missed any of my specials, you know, I've done specials on Alton Sterling, Philando Castile, Terrence Crutcher, uh, you know what I'm saying, any of these, you know, uh, these killings, you know, Trayvon Martin, Tamir Rice, Sandra Bland. Like, I've talked about them all over the last several years, Gina Six. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I've discussed all of those. So, you, you know, and I'm – my my views are well documented. I do not support the Black Lives Matter movement. I support, you know, uh, lives. I support, I'm from a Christian, as a Christian, all lives matter. And it's, it, it's, it's, and I don't, it's funny, man, because that has become a hashtag. You know, that has become a, a, a point of contention, you know, a, a source of debate. Do black lives matter or do all lives matter? And it's just so stupid. It's like I feel funny even making it like a thing. You know what I mean? It's like if you say all lives matter, you're you're somehow, you know, viewed as a racist or, you know, something negative. I'm like, what are you, are you crazy? You know what I mean? We're Christians. You know what I mean? We're, we're Christians. We're believers in Jesus Christ. Like, of course all lives matter. Of course Every life has value. It's weird. Like, I've even found myself, like, I don't care. I'll say all lives matter and, and, and could, you know, could care less. You know, I, could, I really, you know, don't care about using that term because it's a positive thing. You know, but I've even found myself uncomfortable and feel like, oh, man, maybe I should say all lives have value instead of all lives matter just because I don't want to debate with somebody. But it's just like, 
I shouldn't have to do that. Nobody should have to do that because all lives do matter. You know, that's not to say that black lives don't matter. Black lives matter. White lives matter. Chinese lives, Asian, you know, whatever, Korean, Haitian. Every life has value. <clears throat> so, now, I, again, I agree that Little Wayne's way of delivering that message <clears throat> came off in a very ignorant manner. But, listen, that's his views. That's his views. That's how he feels. So I can't tell that man how to how to think. You know, if somebody says, "Hey, look, I'm voting for Donald Trump." Okay, cool. That's what's up. Like, what makes you? What makes you? What do you like about him? I'm voting for Hillary Clinton. Okay, well, cool. What do you think about those emails? Like, did you read any of them? Or, like, what do you think about the fact that she's stealing money from Haiti? Like, that's the whole thing. Like, you know, what do you think about this Iran nuclear deal? Or what do you think? Do you feel like Donald Trump is a racist? Like, I'm just going to have a conversation with you. I'm not going to bash you. I'm not going to delete you off my friends list. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's just how you feel. It's politics. And, I mean, people are getting mad. I mean, I posted a video of somebody fighting, actually physically fighting over a, a debate, and it's, it's crazy. It's so – I mean, I'm, I see on my timeline, you know, uh, if you're voting for Donald Trump, just let me know here on this status so I can delete you off my, my Facebook page. I'm like, what the heck is wrong with people? And the craziest thing is the the main people, and I'm sure you've seen this too. The main people talking about Donald Trump are the are the main ones who are most ignorant. You ever notice that? Like, keep it real. Like, they're the most ignorant people. Not all, you know, what I mean, not all of them. But I'm saying, like, a lot of the people who have the most to say are just not intelligent people. They're ghetto, you know, in, in many cases, and they're in many cases just very ignorant, and even in many cases uneducated. And so it's like when you try to talk to them, it's like, well, wh- why do you feel that way? Not saying you shouldn't feel that, but like what makes you – they have no answers whatsoever for you. Posted a video uh, yesterday, actually, of uh, Mark Lamont Hill uh, on The Breakfast Club. And, and I, I listened to the interview, and it was a really good interview because, you know, he revealed that he's not voting for Hillary Clinton. You know, and they were just – you know, it was fun. Even The Breakfast Club, they're ignorant. They're ignorant. They're ignorant. Like Angela, they're just stupid. You know, Charlemagne is a is an absolute clown and a buffoon. I mean, DJ Envy is cool, you know what I mean, most of the time, but Angela Lee is just an airhead. Charlemagne is just an idiot, you know, just two stupid idiots. And, um, you know, he's on there. You have this intelligent man on there trying to speak to these guys intelligently, and they're just like, it's every, it's like you can watch it. Everything that, that he's saying went 100% over their head. And they couldn't even comprehend anything he was saying, you know. And the one he's like, and he even had to break it down to him. He was like, he was like, yeah, he was like, I would actually rather see. He was like, no, I'm not voting for it. He was like, first of all, they were like, how do you feel about Hillary Clinton? He was like, well, I wouldn't vote for her. They're like, what? You wouldn't vote for her? He's like, well, you like Trump? He's like, nah, this is what I'm saying. He's like, I'm voting Green Party. And they were like, oh, okay, you know what I mean? And then he was, then he went on to explain why and how he feels like we need you know, this uh, revolution, you know, and the only way that we're going to get a revolution is by having someone like Donald Trump in office. He said he'd rather see Donald Trump in office than than Hillary so that we could do all the things we need to do on our end to really mobilize ourselves to have a revolution, which which I agree with. 
And, and it, it, that whole point went over their heads. They said, what? I just can't have Trump. I can't have Trump. And it's like they missed the whole point of what he was saying. They're just idiots. And Charlemagne is an idiot. Angela Yee is an idiot. And they're so popular. You know what I mean? Be- why? Because a lot of people, unfortunately, themselves are idiots. And they have no comprehension of of actual facts or knowledge. You know? And it's like, th- it's sad that everything has become dumbed down to the point where there's no substance in anything. There's no substance in talk radio. There's no substance in television. You know what I'm saying? And it's just, you know, it's just a bunch of buffoonery. Even social media. There's really no content on social media. A lot of times it's just jokes. It's just jokes. It's fights. It's, you know, 30-second, you know, little videos trying to make people laugh, which is cool. There's nothing wrong with that. But it's also good to have some balance. It's good to have some substance. But that's why I said maybe I'm just a different type of person, you know, because I don't care who you vote for. I don't care, you know, what you do. I care about what I do. You know, you know there's people out there who just do nothing but scroll through their news feed on, on social media. And I, I told you guys before, I can't relate to that because I'm on there for me. Like, it's like I want to – maybe I want to go to someone's specific page to shoot them a message or to comment on a particular status. Like, you know what I'm saying? Then I'll do that. But I'm not just scrolling, wasting my time scrolling through, just seeing, like, oh, let's just, you know, see what's going on. Nah, it's, you know, you got to – you shouldn't care what everyone else is doing more than you care about what you're doing for others, you know, and yourself. People are just stagnant in their own lives and not going anywhere. You know, and it's really unfortunate. You know, we talk about this whole voting thing, you know, and I and I said this in the beginning, you know, I alluded to it. A lot of this whole, you know, get out and vote, vote or die, you know, let me just tell you, it's all fake. You know what I mean? It's it's all fake. It's all foolishness, all baloney. It's not genuine or authentic. A lot of your Facebook friends, a lot of my Facebook friends, your family, my family even, a lot of them are full of it. This is what I said on, on, online. I said that in America, less than half of all African Americans are registered to vote, okay, which is true. This is, this is true. A lot of people don't even understand. They think, oh, it's just a given that everyone's just going to vote. It's, it's, that's what they want you to think. Only half of all black people are even registered. I think voter registration in this country is something like 40 44%. You know, most black people, that's, Again, most are not registered to vote. So most of the that means the most of the people you see out here around you are they don't they not only they don't vote because they can't vote. You can't vote if you're not registered to vote. Half of all blacks aren't even registered. So but but yet, you know what I'm saying? So what I said online was I said and only a small percentage of those who are registered even vote. Right? So follow me. Less than half are even registered to vote. And when it comes to those people who are registered to vote, it's not even half of those people. It's only a small percentage of those people who vote on a regular basis. Can you, so can you imagine that? So I said that, that most likely means that half of your Facebook friends and your family and whoever else who claim to be so passionate about this election, about not allowing Donald Trump to get in office, I said they are 100% full of it. 
They are full of it. They are fronting. That's what we call it. You know, they're fronting about who they're who they're voting for, or or the fact that they're voting at all. People aren't even voting, and it's crazy. I wouldn't be surprised if Donald Trump gets in office, to be honest with you, because of the level of fakeness. You know, with Barack, it's like okay, you know, you know, I'm I'm going to vote for Barack. Okay, he's black. People still have no idea what he represents and all the lies he's told and all the you know different things associated with with Obama. But, the, you know, just like there was the black thing. It's like, okay, he's black. So, yeah, I don't know anything about what he represents. I'm just going to vote for him, which is what you saw a lot of. So, and so that's, in large part, why he's in office. But, unfortunately, you don't have that with Hillary Clinton. You don't have that type of, um, that type of motivation. You know, and that's largely, in part, why they, you know, why Donald Trump has been even put in this position. Because I can 100% guarantee 100% guaranteed, there would be a Republican president. There may even still be one. I don't know. But there absolutely would be if someone like Marco Rubio was running against Hillary Clinton or John, even John Kasich or even somebody like Ted Cruz, that the whole white, the whole, you know, white part of this country, you know, could rally around. You know, you know, I mean, that's just even and even many blacks, you know, but now, but, but because, and the only reason so many blacks are passionate about Hillary Clinton, they don't like Hillary Clinton. They just the media has created this firestorm around Donald Trump that they're just like, oh, I can't vote for him. So let me just do everything I can and not let him get in office. So that's why you have him even there to begin with, because otherwise there, there will be no chance for Hillary Clinton. There will be no chance at all. Okay, because I, to be honest with you, I still don't think that so many blacks are going to show up, you know, because, again, I've heard a lot of black people saying they're not even voting. They say, I'm just not, I don't like Hillary. I don't, they, they don't know why they don't like Hillary. They don't know why they don't like Donald Trump other than what the media tells them. They say, oh, I'm just not voting. I think we're going to see a lot more of that on election day. You know what I'm saying? And we, which, you know, which would be cool with me, to, to be quite honest with you. I, I despise Hillary Clinton. You know, I'm not a Donald Trump fan. I mean, you know, I'm not a Donald Trump supporter, um, you know, but I absolutely despise Hillary Clinton, cannot stand her. You know, I mean, she lies incessantly, um, you know, is it, just a compulsive liar, you know, a corrupt. I mean, you, you know, you have someone who is worth close to, you know, a quarter of a billion dollars and you claim to be for the people, you know, it's like, come on, where does that money come from? I mean, like for people who don't know, people, most people don't even care. They just assume all politicians are rich. But the reality is Bernie Sanders is worth only a couple hundred thousand dollars. Bernie, that's the, that's the interesting thing. Watch this. Bernie Sanders has been in, 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 in politics for, what, 30, 40 years? I mean, he's an old man. You know, his whole life. Imagine this. this and this is actually a really great analogy, okay, for, for 30, 40 years serving the people. You know, Hillary Clinton claims to have a similar type of track record, right? Politics, you know, first lady doing different things, helping for the people. You know, well, how how are you? Where's all this money coming from? Like over a billion, close to a half, a quarter billion dollars between you and Bill. Where are y'all getting all this money from? Well, you know, when you have when you're powerful. You have access. When you have access, you charge people for that access. 
You know, you're able to charge $250,000 for one speech, $500,000, $650,000 for, for whatever. You, you know, people pay for that stuff. People like Donald Trump have said, as a billionaire, he himself has paid politicians for favors, right? So who, I mean, he, and I, don't, I haven't seen anything where he's actually said exactly who he paid or what favors were given, but he said that he's paid for favors. So what you guys have to understand is Hillary Clinton is the exact type of politician billionaires pay for favors. Y'all know that, right? You know, if not, I mean, if not her, then who? There's not too many politicians that have more money than Hillary Clinton. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Trust and believe that. She epitomized, and this is the irony. I said this on Facebook. The irony of this whole thing is that you know, when people elected Barack, they said that they wanted change. But you, and you got to ask yourself, like, well, change from what? What exactly did people want to change, right? I mean, think about what, what change what? The whole basis of Obama wanting change or, or saying that he represented change was changing the way politics were done. You know, changing the way Washington, D.C. looked, changing the type of corruption that has plagued the government for so long. That's what he claimed to want to change. Now, the irony with that is he actually accepted and has accepted more campaign contributions from billionaires than any presidential candidate in history, even more than Hillary Clinton. He has the record for accepting more money from these exact corrupt billionaires, you know, paying for favors than anyone. That's the irony of the whole thing. Hillary Clinton is not far behind. So, and you have this this whole thing of, you know, I want change. Well, what exactly is being changed? If you're electing someone who is worth a quarter of a billion dollars specifically from, from giving favors, right? And it's crazy. One of the things I said online, I said, um, prospective voters, don't buy into the mainstream and social media bullying tactics that pressure you into choosing the lesser of two evils. I said, you don't have to support evil of any kind. I said, contrary to what the media would have you believe, this is not only a two-party race. I said, you also have the option in many states to write in anyone you choose. I said that on Tuesday, take time to first pray and ultimately vote or not vote for whoever you feel comfortable in your spirit with, uh, regardless of how that choice will be perceived by others. And I just really want people to understand that. You know, you when you go on Tuesday, I want to give you a little bit of a preview. I mean, you vote for who you want to vote for, whether it's, you know, Crooked Hillary, you know, Donald Trump, whoever. You know, you want maybe you want to do what Mark Lamont Hill is doing and, and, and voting uh, the Green Party or – Guess what? You can write in someone. There's a place to write in. In 2012, I wrote in Jesus Christ. You know, the the the, the election was such a mockery. You know, but at the same time, I I understand what it represents and what it symbolizes. Who came before us? They fought and died. So I didn't want to just not vote. You know, but at the same time, I wanted to not participate. You see what I'm saying? So it's like, for me. I'm not, you know, you. the whole process is a joke. The whole process is a mockery. So I'm like, you know, why not vote for someone that I'm passionate about? 
I wasn't passionate about Barack. I wasn't passionate about Mitt Romney. I'm not passionate about Hillary Clinton. I'm not passionate about Donald Trump. I may vote for Jesus Christ again. I'm not sure. I haven't made up my mind. You know, I haven't made up my mind. You know, I don't know what, you know, whatever your mind is made up, that's fine. You know, that's fine. But just, pray, like I said, pray about it, you know, and, and hopefully you don't choose to support evil. Now, if you don't feel like Hillary Clinton is evil, if you don't feel like Donald Trump is evil, you know, that's cool. Vote for them. But if you do identify them as evil, you know, I would say, I would hope that there would not be a certain level of comfort with supporting evil. I would hope there wouldn't be. Because I don't, I don't feel comfortable voting for Hillary Clinton. I don't feel comfortable voting for Donald Trump. You see what I'm saying? I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to. The reality is people are just voting for people. A lot of people don't feel comfortable. They're just voting because of social media. They're voting because out of fear. You know, it's like, oh, somebody asks you, oh, who, are you voting? Or did you vote? And it's like, what do you say? You get scared. Don't scared of what? Scared of what? What are you scared of? There have been times where I didn't like, no, I didn't vote this year. Okay, and like, and now what? Like, what are you going to fight me? Like, you wanna, like, who cares? You know, stop being worried about what other people think. Doesn't matter. We got Donna Brazil. This is crazy, guys. Donna Brazil. You guys see this? She was she was let go and fired from CNN. Fired from CNN because it became known that she was spoon-feeding and handing secretly the the debate questions to Hillary Clinton. Like, what? Like, how? That's amazing to me. Like, this is this actually happened. This actually, the, the election should be over. That is a major scandal in and of itself. Like, you're cheating. You, you, you are caught cheating. You know, like, how does that, how do people not know about that? How do people not care about that? And I, if I got to be the only person to really focus on it, this happened. There was a, there, this was leaked. This is like emails were showing conver, her, a conversation between her and Donna Brazil, giving her the answers because she was privy to them. It was a CNN debate. She was a CNN correspondent, so she had that information. She fed that information over to Hillary Clinton. How, do you, how does she feed that information to Hillary Clinton? And, and and people don't look at Hillary Clinton as a cheater. That's the that's why she was fired. But watch this, watch this. She was double dipping. Donna Brazil wasn't just a, a CNN correspondent, but she was also and, and this is this is amazing. This is another ridiculously huge and major conflict of interest. But she was also the head of the entire Democratic National Committee, right? Debbie Washman Schwartz was, was, was forced to resign because the, the emails revealed that she was rig, trying to rig the election against Bernie Sanders, so she was forced to resign. Donna Brazil took her place, and she was a CNN correspondent. So how do you – and which kind of goes to show you how biased – I've been saying for years that CNN is super biased, that NBC is super biased. But you have the head of the DNC as someone who's supposedly reporting objectively about the election or as a CNN correspondent. What kind of stuff is that? How, how unbiased, non-biased can you be 
when you're the head of the DNC. And now that she was fired from both of these positions, right, for cheating, for handing Hillary Clinton these questions, nobody seems to care about that. I, I find that amazing. I can't, I don't know if anyone else has seen I haven't seen this on the news. I haven't seen this on CNN. But Hillary Clinton, guys, is on tape suggesting that they, the United States government rig the elections over in Palestine, Palestinian elections. There was, you know, it was, it was, I posted on my page, no likes, no comments. It was like, you know, do y'all see this? Like, is it invisible? You know what I mean? Like, no one sees. She said, she's on tape. It's her voice. She's like, yeah, um, you know, I'm not sure if that's a good idea to, you know, to go into Palestine with these, you know, with these elections. But if we do do it, you know, we need to have something in place to guarantee and ensure that we, that you know, we want to win or who the, the winner is who we want it to be or something like that. Basically saying, yo, we need to rig the election. And I'm like, yo, who said, like, who does that? How do you, first of all, who suggests rigging actual elections? International elections, and you are, so you already know what's going on here. If that's what you're talking about doing in other countries, you already know these elections here already. That's that's apparent. But aside from that, once it gets out, how is that not game over? How is that not? How do you stay in a race? You, you know what I mean. So these are the things that I just want to tell you all about. You know, I mean, it's, it's amazing. One of the things that I would, uh, say to you all is what the Bible says, actually which is that in Matthew 6:24 it says no man can serve two masters right no man can serve two masters it says for either he will hate the one and love the other or else he will hold to the one and despise the other ye cannot serve god and man you know i mean you, you can't And so here's the question that I have, you know, with that. The question is, it's like, okay, if you can't serve two masters, you know, my thing is, like, Hillary Clinton, like, for me, I'll just say for me, I don't don't support abortion, right? I don't don't support abortion at all. To me, it should be illegal. It's murdering, you know, fetuses. And I certainly don't support late-term abortions and partial birth abortions. I definitely don't support that. Nine, how you all abort a nine-month-old baby, eight-month-old baby? Come on. I've seen what babies look like at eight months. They're, ba- they're like, they can survive outside the womb. They're babies. They just happen to be inside their stomach. So how do you support killing one of those uh, those babies? Hillary Clinton does. I don't support that. Okay? I don't support that. I don't support abortion. I don't support homosexuality. And I don't support gay marriage. Right? I don't support, you know, obviously as a Christian, I don't support how no Christian should. I don't support those things. As a gun owner, I don't, you know what I'm saying? I don't support limiting and taking away certain rights given to me by the Second Amendment to defend myself and protect myself against the government. I don't, I don't you know, and it's not just gun control. You know, they want to take away certain rights that gun owners have. They, the media wants you to think that this legislation is just about, you know, stricter background checks or, you know, um, health evaluation, mental health evaluation. I mean, those things are in there, but if they want to do more than that. They want to significantly limit the type of weapons that, you know, citizens can buy. They want to limit the type of ammunition that citizens can buy. They want to do all these things. I don't support that. I should be able to buy whatever type of guns and what type, whatever type of ammunition I want to buy. 
You know, that's my right as a, as a United States citizen that has been in effect. The Democrats want to take that away. So those are three major things that me personally, I don't support. So for me not supporting those things, why on earth would I support or vote for Hillary Clinton or any Democrat for that matter? Abortion, homosexuality, and, and taking away of gun rights. I, you know, those are three of my major things. So I, I, when you when I look at those three things, there's no point in voting for anyone that reports those things, right? So I, why would I vote for Hillary Clinton? So for me, it's like when I hear this scripture, no man can serve two masters, I'm thinking like, all right, well, I got to choose a side. You can't support Hillary Clinton but be against gay marriage. You can't vote for Hillary Clinton but be against abortion. I mean, you can't. You can try to, but you're in that case. You're you're trying to do what the scripture says not to do, which is you're trying to serve two masters. You know, if you go out on a limb and vote for Donald Trump, then you're going to be crucified on social media and in your family and wherever else. You know, and that's what you don't want. But at the same time, so you say, okay, I'll vote for Hillary Clinton. But at that time, you choose. You're basically choosing. God, or excuse me, man over God, social media followers over God and what God says is right. I know this is unpopular right now. It's probably making a lot of people uncomfortable, you know, but, I mean, am I saying anything that's incorrect? You can't serve two masters. You can't support homosexuality and still love God. So, yeah, I think you can't support gay men. I'm about to post that on Facebook and piss some people off, you know what I mean? You can't say, how can you, <laughs> people going to be pissed off the moment they see it. You know what I'm saying? But that's just what I do. I like doing stuff like that. So, yeah, think about it. Uh, what else is going on out here, man? I got a whole bunch of other stuff that I was looking at, um, just stuff that really goes into a little bit more detail about what the WikiLeaks, um, you know, emails were saying. But <clears throat> I don't even really want to get into it. You know, I'm going to let you guys, you know, do some research on some of this stuff. I mean, a couple of them I, I already discussed, but this new FBI director, uh, James Comey, you know, he's releasing new information. He's saying that, you know, they're going to still looking for new, you know, so they're examining certain emails that are recently discovered. And, you know, like that type of stuff, um, Obama lied, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> they found out and it, it, he knew about the, the private email server prior to, uh, the media released that information. He tried to act like it. He only found out about it when the when the media released it, but he knew about it way. You know, like it's like that type of stuff. Like stop lying. There's so many lies associated with um, this election, and that's why I really just want people to just pray and do some research on on their own. You know, on on what they feel comfortable doing. And you know, let me let me rephrase that because I've often found that when you do the right thing, it's not going to be comfortable. You know what I mean? It's often like if you go against what your friends do or social media followers say to do, then it's not going to be com- comfortable for you. But sometimes it's still the right thing to do. So what else? What else is going on out here in the world? Um, some entertainment news. Beyonce. Everyone's talking about Beyonce. Beyonce performing the country music. And this is the craziest thing about it. This this world is filled with irony. 
You know, I mean, the world is, you know, they're like, oh, my gosh, she performed the country musical. You know, but my thing is, you're mad that she performed the country music awards, but you're not mad that she prances around half naked and encourages young girls to have sex. You know, like, it's like, come on. Like, what do you, how are you mad about that? Like, why does that matter? But her showing her nipples and, you know, dancing around, you know, talking about, you know, it's okay to lose your virginity to little 14, 15-year-old girls or, or cheat on your husbands, cheat on your boyfriends. And all these lyrics that she has that really go unnoticed because she's a good performer. You know, I, I've, I listen to a lot of music, and, you know, I mean, Beyonce has some of the most vulgar uh, lyrics that I've ever heard in my life. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's like, it's really crazy. Uh, it's, and it's gotten worse. I mean, it's been crazy for quite some time, but it's, it's it, you know, it's gotten worse. And it's just like people pick and choose what they want to be upset about. It's okay to disrespect yourself and children, but, you know, you know, she performs the Country Music Awards. It's like, oh, my gosh. World War Three. You know, speaking of World War Three, I don't want this to go unnoticed. I mean, I don't know if you understand. I posted a, a a meme online, and it was it was showing pro a, you know a protest, an anti-war protest back in the '60s, and it was like you know it was a march on Washington. Everyone was protesting, you know, Vietnam and different you know different other situations, you know, but now. When's the last time you actually heard anyone protesting us being at war? What happened to that? Quite honest with you, when Bush was in office, that was really the last time that I saw a protest. You know, a lot of people were saying, we don't want to go to war with Iraq and let's get out of Afghanistan and different, you know, that, you know, but I mean, the irony with this whole thing is that we are involved in many different wars right now. I mean, we 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 are, you know, days away, weeks away from all-out war with Russia. I mean, we could literally be in a war with Russia tomorrow. Things are so tense, you know. Russia, you know, which which I predicted about three, you know, three four years ago when I did the uh, show on the Boston bombing. How many people? How many people heard the Boston bombing show where I predicted everything that's happening with Russia right now? Three years ago, listen to that show. But we're at war with Russia. You know what I'm saying? We're we're right there at war with North Korea. You know, we're we're you might as well say we're at war with Iran, you know, Syria going on all over Libya still is very uh unstable. You look at places like Benghazi, which resulted in, in you know, very unfortunate deaths specifically because of Hillary Clinton, you know, which no one's really talking about. Um and so we just have to get to a point where we understand that you know, it, having a black president does not take away the importance of protesting unnecessary and unjust wars. We're in more wars now than we've ever been, you know, since I've been alive. But how come nobody cares about it? Nobody's protesting, oh, let's get out of Iraq, let's get out of Afghanistan, let's, let's just get out of Syria. You know what I mean? Like, nobody's really talking about that stuff. Let's focus on stuff that's going on here, pressure on the president to get the you know, get these troops out of Syria and just get out of the Middle East altogether and stop being the, the world's police, which is the whole reason why people hate us and you know, and this terrorist stuff really exists to be to begin with. You know, we want to meddle in everyone's business and try to overthrow other governments that really have nothing to do with it just so we can use their natural resources. I mean you see like that's what's really going on, but nobody's even you know, talking about that stuff. 
You know, we it's not about – and Mark Lamont Hill said something very insightful when he was on The Breakfast Club. He said something like – and they kind of cut him off. It was like right as he was leaving off, he was said uh, he was saying, he said, this country is going in the wrong direction. He said, what did he say? He said, we need a new bus or something like that. He said, not, he said forget a new driver. He said, y'all worried about the driver. The driver, you, you need to get off the bus. You need to, you know what I mean, change the whole ship. Not just change the driver. Obama's a driver. Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump is going to be the driver. We need a whole new vessel to steer us in a whole new direction. But the country is going in there and has been going in the wrong direction for quite some time. And so it's not, that's why people are like, oh, the president, president, oh, I can't, I'm so afraid of Donald Trump getting in office. I, I look at people, I say, what are you afraid of? I mean, it's cool to be afraid. It's cool to not support him. It's, that's fine. It's fine to criticize him. You know what I'm saying? But for you to say, for anyone to say, I'm afraid if he gets in office, then you don't know what's going on already. If, you, if you're not afraid now, you ain't got nothing to be afraid of if he gets in office. Things are already as bad as they could possibly be. We just paid Iran, what, $100 billion for nothing. Obama paid Iran, the, 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 the terrorist hub of the world, $100 billion for no, no reason whatsoever. The Iran nuclear deal, which everyone is calling the worst deal in the history of the world, we paid them billions of dollars for nothing. You know what I mean? And so it's like things are, could not get any worse. I mean, oh, he's, he's got the – Donald Trump wants to bomb everyone. Yo, guys, it's, it's already – we're already right at that point. You understand that? And so we need to just understand what's going on. I'm not saying don't vote for Donald Trump. I'm not saying vote for Hillary Clinton. I'm not saying to vote for anyone. I'm just saying understand what's already going on. If you think it, it, it's going to get worse, guess what? We're already there. Things are not good. And that's what people don't understand because the media, you know, wants to act like, oh, you know, we just won't talk about certain stuff and, and let people think everything is going well. No, things are not going well. Things are going horribly international, horribly. So think about that stuff. All right. What else is going on out here, man? One thing I wanted to do today before I get out, you know, run out of time, you know, there's a lot, you know, just switching gears a little bit. You know, there is a, this is a time of year where I always like to do what I call a, a, a cuffing season special, you know. And, and what people need to understand is that this is November. You know, October just passed. November, you got December really starting to get cold out. This is a time of year when, you know, men specifically – Go on the go on the hunt, go on the prowl. You know, you you got you know March, April. That's when people start ending relationships. That's when people start losing phone numbers because it's getting it's about to get warm out. So they start you know hitting the clubs up. Women start wearing the short skirts, the short short shorts, tank tops, cleavage, you know all that stuff. The, the jackets start coming off, and so men go on the hunt. They go on the prowl. They don't want to be tied down and committed and you know, that whole type of thing. You got the whole summer to look forward to. You know, to do what dogs do, what men do. But now, you know, we're on the opposite end of the on the end of that. And so what we have is, you know, you're going to start getting a lot of men, ladies, um, you know, sending those text messages, you know, sending those to, hey, sexy, hey, beautiful, you know, what have you been up to, 
been thinking about you, how you been. You know, I've sent all those texts before. I, I, you know, that stuff, that's how they do it. So, and, you know, and so what happens is I, I call, I did a show a few years ago on uh, on relationship recycling. You know, and relationship recycling is what a lot of women do, unfortunately, which is, you know, a lot of women are not hoes. A lot of women are not hoes. They're not out here in the streets. They're not having sex. So what they try to do is they just, you know, they, they like to, they want to have sex. Don't get that twisted. They definitely want to have sex. But because they're not hoes, they don't want to be out here having sex with any old body, with multiple people. So they just have that one guy. And so, you know, they know he's not the one, so he falls off the off the map occasionally. But then when he, when, you know, when you get that call, that pop-up, you know, is, is back on and pop. And so what, what we have to do is we have to understand the relationship recycling is, is no good. It's, it brings no positivity. You know, um, cuffing season is when men specifically place those calls and lock you down. They get their handcuffs out. They say, ah, you're not, we're not together, right? We're not together, but I'm locking you down. You know, we're just going to, it's going to be me and you for the, for the wintertime, for the fall when it's the winter. Those, those snow days, those holidays, we're, we're going to be booed up. We're going to be, you know, snowed in together. You know, I'm going to cuff you. And so, and this is the, the funny thing about cuffing season. It's funny because men aren't cuffing themselves to you. A lot of people will think that cuffing season is, you know, a man cuffing himself to a woman or a woman cuffing herself to a man. No, no, no. That's not what cuffing season is. Cuffing season is when a, when the man is just handcuffing the woman. He's locking her down to the point where she's not doing anything with anybody else except him. And they're chilling, they're, you know, they're kicking it, they're watching movies, ordering pizza, having a good time, having lots of sex. The man is out there also doing the same thing with a few different people. You know, you, you see what I'm saying? And then and the, the stuff usually hits the fan around Valentine's Day, you know, the spring, and the, and then it's like, you know, you, that's what starts off the whole, the hunt process again. But, yeah, so, you know, it's not, it's not don't, don't be caught up, ladies. Don't be that woman who gets that call and falls for the okie doke. Don't be that woman who lets him come back. I, there's a young woman who I uh, I do business with. She's, you know, I sell cars, got the dealership. So she, uh, you know, I, I saw, I've sold her maybe four or five cars over the last few years. And, uh, you know, we, you know, she know, I guess she knows like I do relationship advice and um, hopefully she's not listening. But uh, she, uh, I, I saw her the other day and she was, she was telling me, yeah. Or, well, first of all, she was married. Right, I really hope she's not listening now. But she's married, and her uh, husband, she found out he was cheating on her, and with and had a whole nother family or a whole nother girlfriend or something on the side. And she was like, "Yeah, I kicked him out and this and that. So I need another car because he got that car. So that's when I sold her another car. And you know what I mean? So she, you know, that was cool. Now I guess that car broke down after a few years or whatever. Now she's like, "Yeah, I need a new car. So I got another car. And so when we met up, I sold this car. She was like, "Yeah." You know, you're gonna you're gonna be mad at me. You know, she's like, I took him back. You know, he came back. I know, I know what you're gonna. Say. I was like, no, I'm not gonna say nothing. I said, I'm not gonna say nothing. I said, I know how it is. I get it. But look, but look, what this was this week. This was this week. She told me that. She said, oh, yeah, I took him back. Think about that. Like, what are we talking about right now? I just I just got finished telling y'all. Cuffing season starts in November. She saw she she just took this guy back this week. He just hit her up probably like last week, last couple of weeks. Why? 
because it's getting about to get cold out. And she's a big girl, so you know she got that nice warm loving. You know what I'm saying? No disrespect to the big girl. I'm just saying. You know what I mean? Nice and nice to cuddle up to. I mean, I wouldn't know. You know what I mean? But you know, shout out to my man. Uh, I got a few. I got, you know, I got a few. Uh, few buddies. I ain't gonna put nobody out there. I got a few buddies who like who like bigger, <laughs> bigger women out there. Which, you know, nothing. Shout out to the big girls. Now, one. This is so. So, I want, so that's what cuffing season is in a nutshell, right? And I wanted to give some advice today surrounding cuffing season. Now, one of the things that I, I said on social media was is that I said the ladies, your lifestyle plays a huge role in how men will treat you. I said that no man wants a girlfriend who lives a party lifestyle. I said that if you want a husband, then you have to give off the appearance of being a good future wife. And it's unfortunate because a lot of women, they often find themselves in these situations where they really don't know why they're or how they got there, right? I mean, you know, it's like, okay, he's a loser. Oh, man, he cheated on me. Oh, man, he got, you know, had a baby on me. You know what I mean? Somebody, baby with some else. So it's like, ah, but how did I get here? It's like crazy. I look at some of these Facebook pictures. I, I go online and, you know, they're going to this party and that party and, you know, dressing a certain way. I'm not saying that anyone deserves that, but you got to understand that one plus one equals two. You know, I mean, you're going to, like, you're going to, your lifestyle, you know, your your wardrobe, how you carry yourself is going to play a huge role in how these men treat you. You know, if you if a man is a good guy, you know, right? I mean, he's, he's a nice guy, he's a good guy, he's a Christian man looking for a wife, he's not going to choose someone who is living an active lifestyle in a stage where he's just coming out of. If he was in the player stage, if he was in the dog stage, going to the clubs, taking these trips, doing all this stuff, you know, living this this, this fast lifestyle, and he's now looking for someone to settle down with, he's not going to choose someone who's currently living that same lifestyle. He's going to choose someone who's living the opposite lifestyle. I know that's what I did. You know what I mean? You're not you're not gonna find you're not gonna choose someone who's doing the same things you don't want to do anymore. And so what happens is women are still doing certain things. They're single, uh, so they're trying to live their life. The, the funny thing is they're doing these things. They're going to the clubs. They're doing all this, going to all these events, doing living this fast life, thinking that that's going to increase their chances of meeting someone. But ironically, and unfortunately, it only ends up prolonging their singledom. You know what I mean? And it's crazy because you see people, you see women, you know, who were once 30, now they're 35, they're 37, they're in the same, and I see it, you know, I I see it all the time. I mean, in fact, a few, what, a few months ago I did a special, um, a special on, uh, you know, why am I single? I'll post a link, you know, after the show a little bit later on today, but it was a really good show because I really went into detail about, everything that is, you know, that encompasses, you know, being single and why, you know, emotional, physical, sexual, you know, spiritual, mental, everything that off that plays a role in not being found. You know, I said, so ladies, if you, you know, no man wants a girlfriend who lives a party lifestyle. And here's the thing, in order to be a fiance, you got to be a good girlfriend. In order to be a good wife, 
You got to start by being a good girlfriend. And, you know, it all starts with, with being viewed, presenting yourself in a way to be viewed as the best possible woman. You know, it's interesting. Um, I, you know, I was in the friends group and there was a discussion in there. You know, add yourselves too if you're not already in there. But there was one of the discussions that we had a few weeks ago or a few days ago was, uh, you know, we was talking about first dates. <clears throat> And the, uh, the 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 discussion was about first dates, and you know, would you? It was a couple of discussions. One was about who should pay for a first date, and then the other one was, uh, would a buffet, a buffet style dinner, be acceptable for a first date? And that's a, that's a really funny word too, the word acceptable, because you know, unfortunately, in today's society, a lot of women feel as though men have to prove themselves to them. You know, men have to impress them. You know, if is this acceptable? You know, if this is not acceptable to you, then that must mean, you you know, we must do something else because, you know, it, those days are over. They're really, those days were never really in effect. It's just all a mirage. But for women to think that a man has to jump through hoops to impress her and to do X, Y, and Z, I mean, it's just, it's just not logical. You know, and so, of course, a buffet dinner would be acceptable. Listen, if I want to take you to McDonald's, that's acceptable. You know what I mean? And that's no disrespect, but you really got to ask yourself, hey, do I want a certain experience or do I want a husband? Do I want a great man who loves me and who will treat me great, you know, in a great manner? You know, you got to really ask yourself, and a lot of women are focused too much on the material things. They're focused too much on things that don't matter. You know, if I just want to go on a uh, go to Baskin Robbins, that's what I used to do back in the day. I'm not taking you. I was working, you know, back in the day. I wasn't I'm not spending sixty, seventy, eighty bucks on you. I met you out at a club, or I met you out at a networking event. So I like to get to know you better. I like to have some FaceTime with you. So, so I have to spend a hundred bucks on you. No, I just, I just want to chop it up with you. I just want to see, you know, see what's up. You know, I'm not trying to, you know, invest a whole, pay a bill on you. You know, I just want to, you know, maybe see. So I would be like, yo, I, I have a taste for some ice cream. You know, I, let's go grab a drink or something. Let's go, hey, let's take a walk, you know, something. You know, but that was my thing, Baskin Rob. It was a nice little place. You could just go get some ice cream. They had a little place where you could sit out and eat it. Let's go get some ice cream. Just to get see, that was, I'll tell you guys, and it's not because I was cheap. That was not at all the issue. What was and I got I guess where I was uh, see the problem is with it is people don't understand that the volume, you know, of of women that men are are experiencing and are attracting. You deal with five six women, you know, four or five women, whatever it is. You're not spending a hundred two hundred bucks on each one of them on a weekly basis. That's ludicrous. So you know, I just would want to go out and meet with them just to see if there was chemistry. You go out with somebody and there's no chemistry. You never you know you're never going to see them again. You just wasted. 150 bucks for what? Ballet park comes at 60, 70 bucks. She got a drink. You got a drink just because she got a drink. You didn't really want a drink, but she wanted a drink because she thirsty. <laughs> you know what I mean? So now, now the bill is 100 bucks. It's like, whoa, I, I just wanted to say what's up to you. I just wanted to meet you, you know, meet you out in, a, in an environment where I could actually hear our, ourselves talk. You know, but women are one, a lot of women, not all, but many women want to put this price tag you know, on on an, a certain date, 
oh, we've got to go here. It's got to cost this much per plate. Like, what? That's crazy. And, and, and aside from that, they put their goodies on the, on the platter. And then the food comes out on the platter. They already got the, the, their goodies on the platter. Boobs sitting up, ass out, you know what I mean, thighs out, everything fitting extra tight. You know, they're trying to, you know, trying to entice a man, you know, into wanting to spend that money, wanting to do. It's funny. Here's the, here's the crazy thing about it. A lot of women are dealing with such low self-esteem, okay? They're dealing with so low self-esteem that they feel that in order for you to spend a certain type of money or take them on a certain level of date, they have to give you the illusion and the belief that, that at the end of that date or at some point in that dating process that the sex, you'll be able to enjoy those breasts, that body, that sexy body, right? Because not, not just because they want to do it for you, but you, a lot of women feel like they have to, you know, use their body as a bargaining chip. You treat me right, you might get this. You got to quote-unquote work for this. You ever hear women talking about that? That's, that's just low self-esteem talk. Any woman who's makes you, who thinks you, makes you feel like you have to work for something, that's because they have low self-esteem. If a man really wants you, he's going to do what's necessary anyway. A woman only, say, only says stuff like that if they're used to men just taking it. If they're used to just giving it up, oh, well, I gave my body to this guy on the first day. He didn't have to do anything. So I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to make you work for it because I'm tired of giving my sex and not getting anything back in return. So that's why I'm going to make you work for it. Not necessarily because this guy's a loser and doesn't want to do anything. No, it's just, it's, that's just based off of pat, uh, past bad experiences. But I've got some news. It says here that I, I put online, I said, ladies, Sexy bodies come and go, but true natural beauty and a great personality last forever. You know, you can look at people like, you know, Felicia Rashad, uh, people like Sade, you know what I mean? Like people like that, like who are just are timeless beauties, you know, but at the same time, you can't really point to a point where they were presenting themselves like hoes, you know what I mean? Maybe Sally Richardson, another timeless beauty. You know, it, it's, it's not a lot, you know what I mean? It's actually not a lot. I got to actually put, put some work in there trying to think of, you know, who are the true timeless beauties who carry themselves with respect and class. You know, it's not a lot of them. Um, so think about that. You know, don't put a price tag on your body. You know, if a man wants you, he's going to treat you great, period. It's not because he wants to get the, the sex. He wants to enjoy your, your body, your boobs that you got pushed up in the, in the push-up body, and, the, and you got the tissue in there. Don't come on. Been there, you got butt pads, push-up bras, excessive makeup on, put the little weave extensions in there. All that stuff is unnecessary, ladies. You don't have to do all that. Now, again, I'm talking about cuffing seats. Now, cuffing season is important to understand because the, the whole essence of of stringing someone along, you know, making them wait or, you know, while you biding your time, while you get what you want, the whole point of that is to end it when it gets nice out, right? You, when it gets nice out, when it's springtime, sometimes you, you disappear and you don't want to have any ties. 
You don't want to have any commitments. You want to have the sex prior to that with no commitment. So how do you do it? Well, the way that you do it is by giving her the illusion, giving her the excuses that all you need is time, you know, or all you need is you got to discover some things about yourself. You're taking things. So these are all common excuses, but they're all BS. None of them are truthful. They're all specifically designed to buy the man's time. So one thing that I said to the ladies was that, ladies, I said, ladies, if you're dealing with a man who tells you that he needs time, he, what he really means is that he needs time to find someone who he actually wants to be with and to commit to and to not waste your time on loving yourself, okay? If a man is talking, oh, no, I just need some time. No, nah, it's probably because it's getting cold out. Yeah, he needs some time. He needs that calendar to move. He needs the calendar to, to kind of move towards April and May so he can get back out there, and then that way he'll break your heart. You know, it's, yo, six, seven months of sex is, you know, is a very long time. You know, it's a lot of time to develop a soul tie. It's a long time to develop feelings, you know, and so by the time you're all connected, you know, he's gone after that. So that's why I said don't waste your time and just focus on you. Even a lot, let's see what happens though a lot of times is, um, you know, women get into this thing where they get lonely, right? You know how it is. You get tired of just going to work, coming home. You got your your business casual clothes on. You're, you're tired of, you know, talking to the, the white man. You're tired of sucking and jiving, right? Come on, man, keep it real. You're, you're tired of all that. And so... You want to do something a little different. You want to, you know, you, you all you have to come home to is your cat, maybe your dog, or, or no one at all. Maybe you've got some, you know, goldfish or something. You may go to church by yourself on Sundays, but you don't really like doing that because, you know, people look at you funny. It's like, dang, you know, where's her husband? And how old is she? Oh, man, she's like 35 days. Dang, she ain't got no husband. What's wrong with her? You know, you're tired of it. So it's like you, you get a little anxious get a little anxious, so you start, you know, going out out of boredom. You know, you get that hey, sexy text or that hey, sexy call from, you know, someone from a couple years ago. So, you know what, I haven't gone out in a while. Maybe I'll go out and have a drink, you know. But the reality is he's not he's not calling you to because he's bored. You're bored. That's why you accepted the call. But he's not calling you because he's bored and he just wants to get out the house. He gets out the house all the time. You're thinking you're all on the same page. You're not on the same page. You're going out because you're bored. He's going out because he wants to get you drunk and take you back home and get some ass. That's why he's calling you. So you're, you're thinking, oh, no, no, no. I'm a Christian. I'm a good girl. I've been celibate for nine months. No, no, no. I'm not, I'm not having sex. No, I, I'm just bored. I'm tired of talking to Tom, Dick, and Harry at the law firm. Every day, all day, looking at case files, I want to go out and have some fun. He's thinking, nah, this is somebody who's a freak from back in the day. Matter of fact, the last time you had sex might have been with him. He's you've been celibate for nine months. He's trying to he's trying to mess that celibacy up. And that's what I'm saying, y'all. You you guys think you're on the same pages with these guys, and it's it's a whole different ball game. You see what I'm saying? That's how that goes. So what happens is, how does that process even start? 
how does the process even start of the out of the boredom? It's like, okay, you go home. It's like, man, let me go home, take, let me work out a little bit. I keep that body tight. A lot of y'all, y'all, y'all do the little treadmill, do the sit-ups, go take your shower, make yourself something to eat. You know what I mean? You get all comfy walking around butt naked in your bra. But y'all know y'all doing your, your bachelorette pads, you know, and you, what do you do? Hop on, hop on Facebook, right? Hop on Facebook. You just got done working out. Like, oh, yeah, this, 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 these abs, mm, they starting to poke through. Okay, I'm looking kind of good. You start feeling yourself. Start feeling yourself, right? Keep them cool. Keep it real. Follow. Y'all know what's going on. Like, hmm, if I, this is how I feel. I'm, I'm feeling myself. I look good. But if you look so good, a lot of times you don't, nobody sees that at work. Nobody cares at work how good you look. So you want to, you want to, you want some type of acknowledgement. You want some type of confirmation that you look good, right? Say, so, hmm, what can I do? You look at, you got already in the bra and panties on your couch. Hmm, I want someone else to see this. Hmm, I want someone to see what I see right now, but I don't want to be extra. I don't want to seem thirsty. So, hmm, that's when y'all start. I put, I put the thinking caps. So, hmm, how can I do this? How can I show off? what I see and what I think I look good in, but I want other people to see, but I don't want people to think that I'm trying to do it purposely. So, hmm, I went away on vacation. I went away on vacation uh, this summer. That's right. I posted some of the pictures, but there's some pictures that I didn't post, and it just happened to be the bikini shots. Oh, and ding, 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 ding. Guess what? Guess what day it is? It's Throwback Thursday. <laughs> That's my end. That's my excuse. I can post the, the pictures of me in my bikini on vacation, you know what I'm saying, because it's Thursday. And so what do you do? This is where this advice comes in. What did I say on Facebook? I said, ladies, the best women don't need to fish for compliments on Facebook and Instagram. They don't need a man telling them that they're sexy because they already know that they're beautiful. And what often happens is you, you start feeling yourself to the point of you, you start fiending, you know, for those compliments. So, you you know, you post a throwback Thursday picture of you in the bikini, the abs poking out, boobs popping up, you know, ass out, you know, and it's just like, oh, the guys come out the woodwork. Hey, sexy, oh, man, looking good. And you replying back, reply, 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 smiley face. Oh, thank you. Oh, you know, he's like, damn, girl, you know, let me see you again. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, you know, some little back and forth. That's not that. All that is is opening the door to him for him to smash. Again, you're thinking, oh no, no I'm celibate. I don't want to do that. I just wanted some acknowledgement for this hard work that I'm. I'm just bored on a Thursday night. I just wanted to feel sexy. I just want someone to tell me I'm sexy. I don't really want to be sexed. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But that's how it goes. We ladies. Men don't do anything for for free. We don't do anything for no reason. If we tell you you're sexy, it's because we want to have sex. Okay? If a man tells you how beautiful you are on social media, it's because he's he's trying to have sex with you. Everything is about sex. I know, I know that may seem absolute, you know, but that's the reality of it. It's all about sex. And the fellas know this. I'm just giving up the, the, the game. Y'all think you're having these meaningless, innocent conversations. No, no, they're plotting to have sex with you. know, he says, oh, you know, hey, well, you know, we should get together sometime. Let's go hang out. What are you getting into this weekend? Oh, no, me and the girls, my, oh, yeah, hit me up. Oh, cool. I, this is where I'll be at. 
All right, cool. Yeah, we'll, we'll link up. Link up for what? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Link up for what? You know what I mean? Link up to do what? No, you link up so that you can have, you can meet up and eventually have sex later on that night. That's how me and, that's how I used to do it. I'm just giving you all the game. That's how it is. No one wants to just meet up with you. No one wants to just have drinks with you. Have drinks for what? So I can pay. I can buy a ten dollar drink and pay for your ten dollar drink. Because of course, no real man is gonna let you pay for your own drink. Well, let's just meet up. Oh, what are you drinking? Oh, here I got. I got you. I got that for you. Hey, yo, built tab comes in. You can't. Oh, you can't use your car. You ain't got no cash on you. So you can't. You can't use your car without a thirty dollar tab. So oh, you, here, get another one. I gotta. I gotta get paid for thirty dollars anyway. So in your mind, you're thinking, oh, that, well, that's not what he tells you, but I'm telling you that's what it is, you know. You can't open up a tab without $30, 30 40 bucks. So now you got two, three drinks. Now you're feeling kind of tipsy. And now he's now saying, all right, well, let's, uh, let's go back to the crib. And then now that whole nine months of celibacy, out the window. Out the window. And all you wanted to do was get some acknowledgement for your hard work that you've been putting in the, in the gym. And get out the house because you were bored. And now instead you ended up having unprotected sex. And now you might be pregnant. You don't know. Now you're praying to God. Now you want to pray. You say, oh, my gosh. Hopefully my period comes. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, shoot. It's not due for another two weeks. Now I got to wait two weeks to be all stressed out, wondering if I'm pregnant with a, from a guy that really doesn't give a damn about me. He just wanted some quick sex. Now I might be sharing a baby with him for the next 18 years. Well, that sucks, right? But that's how it goes. That's how it starts. And it's all because ultimately you wanted love. One of the things I said on Facebook was uh, fall in love with God and a godly man will fall in love with you. You know, because you know, a lot of times so many women, they get caught up in the, in the cuffing season cycle because all they want is love. And they're looking for it in the wrong places. They're searching for it. You know, and unfortunately, it's never found because, you know, you can't find love on Facebook or on Instagram seeking compliments, fishing for compliments. Not saying you can't find love online, but if you're on there with the wrong intentions, you're never going to find it. So it's something to think about. What else? What else? What else? I want, I want to do a couple before I get out of here, a couple of these, uh, these conversations, uh, these, these topics of discussion over in the Friends of the Data on Tolbert Show group that were really um, really good good conversations, very eye-opening. Uh, one of them was about, <laughs> was a few, it was a, it was a few. The one I mentioned was the, uh, the, the buffet-style dinner. But the other one was uh, shacking up. I want to talk about shacking up. I want to talk about the, the wearing the scarf to bed uh, conversation and debate that I mentioned I would uh, discuss the next time I was live. But uh, shacking up, actually, another another really good one was, uh, and this is kind of related, but living together and uh, taking the last name prenuptial agreements. Uh, and, you know, prenups, prenups are stupid. Prenups are stupid. I'm just going to put that. They're stupid. They're stupid. They're a waste of time. You might as well not get married. If you don't, I was, it's, it's funny. I was watching uh, Love and Hip Hop Hollywood, and uh, Ray J and uh, Princess were on there, and they were, kind of going back and forth about whether or not to get their prenup. And, I mean, don't get that twisted. They'll be divorced in, you know, you know, less than five years. I don't think I need to predict that like I predict everyone. I, that should kind of go without saying. But 
you know, the whole prenup idea, they both have that wall is up so high. Um, and it's like when things are good, they're good, but when they're bad, they're like so bad. You, you see what I'm saying? It's like when you when there's not that type of balance, it, it has it, it's going. See, what you gotta realize is relationships always get bad. Relationships always get bad at some point. But if your bad is like horrible, eventually it's gonna end. You see what I'm saying? See, like my wife, like we are we have a good marriage, but you know what I'm saying? When things are good, they're great. When things are bad, they're not horrible. It's not like, you know what I'm saying? It's not horrible to the point where the cops are being called or stupid stuff. Like, you see, all relationships have ups and downs. And so, but if you, if you are having fights, like physical fights and F you to F you, like, you know what I'm saying? It's going to end at some point. And so it's all about having that balance. And so if you're, if you have to, if you have so little balance to the point where you feel like you have to protect yourself financially, with, with a prenuptial agreement, a contract, you might as well not even get married because you're going to be divorced soon, sooner rather than later. So, you know, they definitely just mark my words on princess love and, and reject. But so that's another thing that we often see just in that same, that same vein, that same level of distrust, you see people shacking up. It's like, oh, let's shack up. It's funny. A lot of people aren't even shacking up to save money. They're not shacking up to, you know, they're not, they're usually shacking up out of fear. You know, think about it. You hear a lot of men saying, well, I need to know what she's like. A lot of women I hear, I'm just going off of what I hear. A lot of men, they say, all right, they already know what the sex is like. But the, 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 men, so the men are more so like, I need to know if you're crazy. I need to see you when you wake up. I need to see all types of stuff. Whereas the women are like, nah, I need to. I need to see what that dangling is like. I need, I need to experience your sex. I'm like, whoa, what the heck? I'm just, that's just what I, I've been doing this a long time. And typically that, those are the two most common reasons I've heard from, um, from people who are shacking up. They want to live together to be able to experience everything that a relationship has to offer. Or, excuse me, a marriage has. They want to experience those marriage benefits prior to the marriage to even decide if you want to get married. So think about it. Think about what's happening. We have living together based on uncertainty of if they even want to be together. So what's, if, you're doing, if you're going into the living arrangement out of fear and uncertainty, what's the likelihood you're even going to go ahead and, and take that next step? It's, it's not high. If anything, you want to live together because you're already sure you're going to be together, if anything. But, again, in most cases nowadays, you're seeing people living together because they're not sure, whether it's sexually, financially, just you know, household-wise. And so, come on, you can't, you can't. That's not going to work. So my advice, I'm not going to tell anyone what to do. My advice, though, would be to just do what God says. Cool, let's be honest. You can try to, but you're going to, if you're living together, you're, probably, you're going to be having sex. And, you know, you're going to be fornicating. So I'm not judging anybody. I'm not knocking anybody. But there's no way. The Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please him. So why go into a situation where really you need faith? You know, why go into it, you know, without faith? You know, why go into it closing yourself off to blessings? It's, it, it makes no sense to do that. So I would do that. Um, just kind of just trust, trust your mate. 
you don't got to sample the goods. You don't got to, you know, you don't got to. I mean, let's keep it real. You probably will probably sample the goods anyway. You don't got to live together to have sex. Come on, I'm not advocating that, but, you know, I'm not, I'm, you know, I, I know what it is. I don't know too many people who, who, who have gotten married without having sex. You don't see that too often. So let's keep it real. You're going to probably sample the goods anyway. Hopefully not, but you probably will. You don't need to live together to, to sample the goods, you know, to get it in. <laughs> so what else, though? So now, let's, this is just for the married couples. Well, actually, no, it's not just for a married couple. We're going to keep it real. Let's keep it real front. So the, 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 the discussion was about headscarves. You know those, the, the you know the fake the fake Louis Vuitton scars y'all be getting from the, the Chinese hair store ladies. Y'all, y'all know those those scars. You know what I mean? The ones that's like two for five or whatever. You get them. You you wrap your head up at night. You take a shower. You wrap your head up, and, and they never get washed. Those you know those scars. Now, the question was, are those sexy or is that a turnoff in the bedroom? And it's funny because a lot. And this is not just with this question, but many questions. I find myself find, seeing women giving answers from their perspective. A lot of women, instead of answering the question, they went more into, you know, is that, you know, is that how beneficial is that to their hair? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it doesn't matter how beneficial it is to your hair. The question is, are men turned off by your headscarf during sex? And a lot of women will say, well, now nah, you – you know, I need that scarf. It doesn't matter what he thinks. And I need, well, if you don't care that what he thinks, then that's fine. That's a whole other conversation. But don't, you know what I'm saying? It, it's about does he find it sexy? And the answer to that question is no, it's not sexy. You know, just like weaves are not sexy. You know, just like wigs are not sexy. But for many women, they are a necessary part of their, you know, that, their whole beauty regimen. For certain women, you see what I'm saying. So headscarves. Here's the thing: if you're married, it doesn't matter. But even if you're married, don't think that he doesn't like. Don't think that he likes it. No one likes it. But if you're married, he's not really going to care because he loves you and he just wants to, you know, be intimate with his wife. So it is what it is. But even still, he would prefer to be off. Make no mistake about that. But ladies, if you are, and I can't stress this enough. enough but if you're single, you know, you're not talking about a husband, you're already being looked at in a negative way if you're giving up the sex anyway. You know, it's our sex fornication, it, it, it destroys things. It messes everything up. So you're already being messed up if you're giving him the, the sex prematurely anyway. But if you're giving him the sex and you're doing certain things that make sex bad, or worse than it would be normally, like a headscarf or certain other things, like not arching your, you know what I mean? Like, you know, certain things, then you might as well not even be doing it because it's just going to cause them to look at you negatively, you know what I'm saying, going forward. You know, and there is no, once you give up the sex, ladies, he's already thinking he's on to the next one. He's already mentally moved on. He may continue to have sex with you, if it's good, but if it's if if the sex is not good, there's no he's already mentally moved on. So now the only thing left to do is physically move on to someone else who is good. Does that make sense, guys? 
So you just want to keep those things in mind. I mean, you know, if I did a, I did a show. I mean, so many shows I've done. It's been over ten years. But if I did a, I did a show, uh, many years ago. This was maybe five years ago. Uh, Keeping it real Fridays. It was actually entitled, "The Rules of Friends with Benefits," if I remember correctly. <laughs> and it was a show specifically about sex and, and the different dynamics of fornication. You know, and I wouldn't advocate, you know, like it's it's for people specifically if you're having sex. You know, obviously as Christians, as believers, we don't, you know, you don't want to do that. But I'm just saying, if you're going to do certain things, you want to at least know what the man is thinking. And I think about over the years, I've done many shows, different, you know, uh, different types of shows surrounding uh, the logistics of sex and sexual encounters, you know, so... Check them out. Check out all the shows. I, you know, uh, did a show uh, entitled "Sex Ain't Better Than Love," just kind of talking about how men feel about sex. Uh, all-time classic show there. Uh, sex 101, the definition of, uh, you know, uh, uh, or how God feels about sex, and just that whole show is about different pieces of uh, or aspects of sexual encounters and the effects. And, and my my favorite and probably my best, in fact, was my my most recent one entitled "Stay With Me." where I broke down the lyrics of Sam Smith's song, uh, Stay With Me, and talked about, um, you know, the, the, the what was it, the uh, spiritual, mental, and sexual ramifications of sex. Just Google uh, Stay With Me on the Data on Tolbert show, and that one will come up if you want to hear a really good show, uh, informative show about sex. So, um, I mean, that that's it for me for today, guys. Um, I, you know, hopefully you guys, got some information from today that you will find helpful with, with dating and relationships. But uh, right now with everything going on in the world, politically, socially, and I really want you to keep in mind what I said, in the, you know, uh, in the beginning of the show, which is just, uh, you know, pray, you know, don't, don't feel like you have to support evil. You know, if you look back again, you know, what the Bible says about that, you know, I'll just, I'll just reiterate it. Where is it at here? Um, you know, uh, what is it? Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. You know what I'm saying? Take no part. That means don't vote for the lesser of two evils. You know, don't vote for evil at all. There's always an option, guys. There's always an option. It's better to not vote at all or to write in someone who you do, who you can be comfortable with than to support evil or someone who you perceive to be evil. Okay, don't believe the hype. Well, it's funny. Somebody, you know, uh, they were asking him on the Breakfast Club, Mark Lamont Hill. They were like, well, you know, he's like, I'm voting Green Party. He was like, well, if you're voting Green Party, well, they're not going to win. He's like, what? What do you mean? They if they will if you vote for them. He's like, if everybody vote for them, then they'll win. It's like, and so, and that's, that was a really interesting point and a good point because people act like, oh, a Green Party candidate can't win. Independents can't win. Or, you know, if you write it, enough people write in someone, they can, why can't they? Why can't this whole country, you know, have a revolution? Not saying anything is really going to change because it's not meant to change, but, you know, why why not somebody from a third? This is how it starts. Maybe next year they can get 10% of their vote or 15 20%. Maybe even then they won't win the next time around, but maybe they'll just have a more uh, a heightened presence. So then maybe in 30, 40, 50 years, there will be an independent candidate and there won't be this ridiculous two-party system. Who knows? Everything, you know, starts a certain way. So, you know, I really do. I care who wins. I, 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 well, 
I, I, I'm put it like this. I really don't care because it's not going to affect me. I'm going to do what I do regardless. You know what I mean? I'm going I'm to take care of my family regardless. I'm going to do this show regardless. I'm going to still try to be a blessing through private counseling regardless. You know what I mean? Like I'm going to do everything I've been doing these 38 years of my life regardless who's president. So it's not really going to affect me. You know, so not, do I care? Um, it is what it is. It's going to be what it's going to be. Would I rather see Trump as president than Hillary Clinton? Oh, yeah, I would. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think Hillary Clinton would be the absolute. I, I want to be clear. I don't want to just be one of those guys who takes the high road or doesn't say what I, you know what I mean. I, absolutely. I would absolutely despise if Hillary Clinton was elected president for so many different reasons. Um, so absolutely. So um, that's how I feel. But regardless how I feel, it's all about how you feel and how you feel comfortable. So vote with your heart or or not vote. You know what I'm saying? Or or not. Like, it doesn't matter. You know, you do what you feel is best for you. you know? and so no one's there with you. No one can tell you what to do. So think about that, guys. Um, if you need any, you know, when it's getting cold out. Every day I get testimonies. I, get, I see testimonies from people who, who I talk to every day. I see people who I don't talk to every day. People are getting married, you know what I mean? People are getting engaged. People are falling in love. You guys see it. You see it. I see it. You know, and it's a blessing, you know. And so, but I would just say, if you know, you guys know a lot of those people have spent a lot of time listening to the show, a lot of time in private counseling. If that's the type of story and testimony that you want, you know, hit me up, 855-55-DATA. Shoot me an email, inbox me, whatever. And um and that's it man so I you know be safe out here and I will talk to you guys next time